This week, we've got an emailed question from Luke who wants to know how big a business he should buy. Millions and millions of dollars or restrain yourself. We're going to explore it. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. All right, let me let me read to you the email that uh, that Luke sent in. He said, hey, David, here's a video idea, something along the lines of what size of business is right for you. What size of business should I buy, assuming you can afford it or larger? So here's the question. How much money you need is already pretty well explained, but recommendations on the right size of business would be popular. For example, if you can leverage yourself to the max and pull together half a million dollars cash and get an SBA loan for $5 million, then owner financing for another $3 million, should you buy that size of business? That would be $8.5 million. So first of all, I don't think you would be able to get a business that size with half a million dollars of down payment. And here's why. The seller note also counts as debt. And so the down payment requirement is based on the overall size of the operation. And in order to get $5 million with only half a million dollars down, you would have to, um, and this is an SBA loan, you would have to, um, you know, really take all the boxes and qualify in every way, uh, in particular with respect to experience in the industry and just having a resume that would make the banker feel that you were capable of operating such a business. Um, on top of the fact that the seller to lend you that amount of money would also have to have a similar level of confidence in you. Um, so this might come down to an individual's net worth or anticipated monthly cash flow in the business, question mark. For example, in my situation, he's got about a $3 million net worth tied up in real estate. Between cash and lines of credit, he can put together between $700,000 and $1 million. Now, lines of credit won't count as part of your down payment unless it's backed by some kind of equity, like a HELOC or a line of credit against a property. If it's just a personal line of credit, that's debt. Lenders aren't going to count that as equity as part of your down payment. Um, just because I can afford a business near 10 million, and again, I don't really think you can, um, on seller financing, is it a wise decision? Cash flow may be tough. Financing would likely be more expensive, harder to find, et cetera. Yeah, you're right there. Uh, other examples would be a similar situation of a person with a lower net worth or cash available. So um, here's what I would say. Um, about the size of the business that someone wants to buy. And I actually face this question quite a lot in my uh, business buyer adventure group coaching program. Um, and that's where um, where I've got a bunch of people that are looking at buying a business. And um, I'll put the URL there up on the screen. Uh, a bunch of people meet uh, several times a month together. We talk about acquisition. We talk about searching. They give updates on their searches, on their discussions with sellers. We run through deals together, et cetera. And so a lot of people, when they first join that group, they have this question of, of what size of business should I buy? And, and here's sort of the rundown that I give to people. If you're going to buy a business and you're going to go work in that business, which if you are putting 
every scrap of cash you can into an acquisition, you're probably going to want to be over there keeping an eye on your investment, right? So one of the things that I do in my normal process with people is I, is I ask them the question of how many months of cash do you want to have in reserve for your personal living expenses in case something goes wrong in the business and you can't draw a salary out of there, right? And so in your situation, Luke, it may be a little bit different because you've got all these rental properties. Maybe they're producing cash flow for you that you can live on. I don't know. Um, but the very first thing I'll say to people is we want to have a cash reserve um, just in case. And this is not part of the money that you have available to buy a business with. Okay. This is, this is the cash reserve so that you can sleep at night given any kind of thing that might happen in the business. And there's 101 different things that can happen in a business. I've already covered that in other videos before. So then the next question is, well, how much can I comfortably then use as a down payment? Um, and when you start to look at the businesses, one of the questions that you're going to have is, what do I expect to do with the business once I've acquired it? So oftentimes uh, when we acquire a business, especially, and you're from the States, so in the United States, a lot of small business acquisitions, the vast majority are done as asset sales, which means that the operating capital is not always transferred in the acquisition. And so it's very likely that you could have money for a down payment to acquire the business and then have to put other money into your own entity, your own LLC or, or corporation in order to cover any of the operating capital needs that are not being transferred from the seller. So they might be keeping their cash and the receivables and paying off their payables, for example, which means you have to grease the wheels of this business with your own cash. So there's not just the down payment and then there's operating capital concerns. And then there's also various closing costs. So I'm, I'm not a big fan of trying to wrap up and capitalize everything that you can as far as closing costs, CPA fees, attorney's fees, all that kind of thing. Like you want to have money available to pay people, um, I believe, so that you're trying to avoid getting into an over-leveraged position. The, the real danger of having too much leverage is that businesses are asymmetrical systems. So what does that mean? It means that you could have a business with, for example, a million dollars in sales and a million dollar of profit down at the bottom. Let's call it SDE. So you're taking your salary out of that SDE. You're also paying debt service out of that SDE. You're also doing all capital expenditures out of that SDE, right? There's a lot of mouths to feed out of that hundred grand. Um, but essentially what you're looking at is a net margin of 10% of sales. So if something should happen, like sales go down 5%, all of a sudden you lose 50,000 in revenue. Um, that's only a 5% decline in revenue. That's not you know, a big oscillation in the world of small business, that's barely a bump. But that 5% decline in revenues could end up being a 20% decline in profit. So out of that $50,000 drop, if 30,000 are direct costs, well, you, you save those that money, you don't have the materials, et cetera, that go into servicing those sales. But the $20,000 that would normally be you know, your earnings, it's no longer down at the bottom because all the other expenses are overhead and they're kind of fixed. And so now a tiny reduction in revenue has made a very large reduction in your SDE. And all of a sudden there's no more wiggle room or you find yourself cutting your own pay. And th this is legitimately the situation a lot of people find themselves in. 
you're talking about investing in one of the riskiest asset classes that there are, small, medium-sized business with a giant failure rate. And we mitigate that risk in part by buying an existing business that already has revenue and customers and sales, et cetera. Um, but the risks are still there. And so if you look at this acquisition that you're going to do, the question is, what are you comfortably willing to invest in doing an acquisition as your down payment? What other money are you going to need as far as closing costs, operating capital, et cetera? And then what are your plans with the business? Because if your plans are to then further grow, expand the business in one way or another, then you may in fact need some more of your own money uh, to, to be able to leverage other sources of capital. Um, you may be able to borrow more to expand, but you might have to put some of your own money in as well. Uh, and so all of those things considered, um, you don't want to put your last nickel into a deal. Uh, and that's an expression that I first heard maybe 15 or 20 years ago um, from a real estate friend of mine um, who uh, there was a, a situation where I was aware of some people that bought a business. He was connected to them. Um, had done some business with them. And then uh, they went out of business and it was very big in the news. And I, and I asked him, I said, you know, do you know what happened over there? And he said, well, it was a case of putting, they put their last nickel into the deal. And then they had no wiggle room to be able to deal with any problem. There is no easier way to deal with a problem in business uh, than to write a check. And sometimes if you have a lot of money, you can become dependent on that. You're not as creative, but I would say to people that you want to be as creative as possible and have the option of writing a check if you need to, right? I mean, that's ideally the best of both worlds. Getting into a highly leveraged position uh, with the lenders is also going to be a scenario where, you know, they're going to be looking very carefully at you, your experience. They're going to be asking themselves whether you have the ability to run the business, um, I have several clients, people that are in the business buyer adventure group who have done acquisitions which go beyond the SBA loan limit, which means that the lender is actually extending themselves beyond the guarantee. They're taking a risk with some of their own money. Now, why would they do that? Why would they make a bigger loan than the SBA loan cap, uh, guarantee cap? Well, it's because this person has done multiple acquisitions before and has an amazing track record. And so they see this as a, as a great place to, to take a little bit of risk because they see the long-term returns that they're gonna be able to achieve with, with that borrower. And, and that's a scenario you want to set yourself up for. So not only is it that you're trying to buy a business, you also wanna deal with what happens on day two. So you wanna buy a business, know that you're gonna be able to run it successfully, and know that whatever your plans are for enhancing the business that you have available, the resources to do that comfortably with that emergency money tucked away on the side off the table so that you can sleep at night, you know, 30, 40 grand in a bank account somewhere earning interest. Uh, people say, well, you're not doing anything with that money. And, and experienced entrepreneurs would say, no, uh, that money is invested in sleep because I sleep soundly knowing that the money is there to cover my personal expenses if I ever have to, ever have to dip into it. So um, you want to make sure that the first two years that you are operating that new business that you've bought are profitable, successful businesses with net income and tax bills 
You know, you want to show that you can operate this business successfully, that you're going to make money with it, that you're going to have to pay, you know, Uncle Sam a tax bill. You want a perfect record for two years. Why? Because then once you have that, now you've built yourself the foundation and the platform for any further acquisition that you want to do. Now you're going to be able to convince bankers to do that extra mile for you. Now you're going to be able to convince sellers to go further with seller financing than they ever would before because you can show them the results of your first business, right? You can do tuck-in acquisitions. You could do another you know, platform acquisition. You can roll up businesses. And I made videos about all these different topics. But it's again, and I mentioned this a little while back in one of the recent videos, don't become entirely focused on the deal. You need to be focused on the deal plus what happens after. And you want to make sure that that anything that might happen that you can comfortably deal with, whether it's through understanding that you'll be able to make changes to the business on the fly. So I, I recently made a video about uh, recession-proof businesses where I said, businesses with good information that allow you to make cuts and reduce things as sales decline so that you can respond and try to preserve profitability. I mean, that that's a, a plan too, if you're going to be able to do it. If there are not big significant overhead expenses that can't be adjusted, that can be a plan. If there are big overhead expenses that cannot be adjusted or can't be adjusted for years, for example, you know, long-term lease agreements for buildings and stuff like that, um, then what will, will your plan be if things go into a downturn? Well, a plan might be that I have extra money available if I need to bring it into the business. So you want to make sure that you're going to have two years of profitable success so that you can then tee yourself up for all of those opportunities down the road. Now, um, speaking of extra cash, uh, it actually sort of uh, lends itself exactly into some of the conversations I've had with uh, with Mark Willis uh, over at Lake Growth Financial Services. So if you head over to newbankingsolution.com, you can see an interview that I did with Mark because his product, what he sets up, would be an ideal way to sort of warehouse extra cash um, that you may or may not want to dip into with respect to a, a business venture. And so what he does is he sets up these programs where the money's invested, but you always have... Um, access to it without having to qualify for credit. So go check out uh, newbankingsolution.com to learn more about that. But um, Luke, I want to thank you for sending in this question because uh, over the years, I have met many people who have tried to maximize their leverage. They've tried to get as big a business as they can. And they sometimes end up scratching together some financing tools that are not the most attractive from a, from a rate perspective. And then if things don't go absolutely perfectly after the transaction occurs, then they end up in trouble. And that's not why we want to buy a business. We want to buy a business because we want a pathway to more of a certain thing. Uh, we want to take advantage of the fact that the previous owner has built the clientele, you know, developed the staff, created the systems and processes that allow for profitability. And we want to take that solid foundation and we want to use it to create a solid foundation for our own, you know, for our own empire that we're building as it were. Anyway, um, if anyone out there is interested in learning, you know, how to buy a business, I would strongly recommend you head over to businessbuyeradvantage.com and you can watch a short video there, which explains all the different ways that I help people buy businesses. And you can sign up for my online course, which is called Business Buyer Advantage, where I take you through the whole process. 
many people have uh, gone through that program and they've gone out there and bought a business and sent me back emails to let me know about it. More importantly, many people have gone through that program and have been able to use the information to spot a bad deal that they did not execute, which I think sometimes is even more important. Anyway, with that, we'll say see you later um, and we'll talk to you next time. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site at davidcbarnett.com. You'll find hundreds of articles and videos all for free. You'll find links to my books and online courses, and you can sign up for my email list and get emails covering topics that interest you and be notified of new videos.